It's Tuesday of the second week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. Our pilgrimage in spirit continues today with a walk way out to the southern edge of the Aventine Hill. And because we are so far out, there isn't a collect church today. We are going to the station Santa Balbina, which is near the baths of Caracalla by the Aventine Hill. St. Balbina was an early Roman saint, and tradition says she was the daughter of a Roman tribune. She is a virgin martyr. The saint is interned in the urn beneath the altar. According to tradition, when her father was ill, Pope Alexander told Balbina to locate the chains with which St. Peter was bound when he was imprisoned in Rome, and that they would cure her father. Apparently, she was successful, and her father was cured. After that, the Feast of the Chains of Peter was celebrated in the Roman Church. Santa Balbina was a house church originally, and the present church has elements from the 4th century. The church is a typical rectangular space with an apse. The ceiling is not covered with a lowered ornamental cover, but rather the wooden beams are exposed, which is unusual in Rome. You can see here a cathedra and cosmetesque floor from the 14th century, and there are frescoes by Pietro Cavallini from the late 13th century. Today is the traditional feast of St. Thomas Aquinas, confessor and doctor of the church. Blessed Ildefonso, in his wonderful book, The Sacramentary, has some great comments about St. Thomas. He says, It is most fitting that St. Thomas should refresh our weary spirit by his feast in the middle of Lent, and should confirm by his example the words which the Church sings in praise of the fast, Vitia comprimis, mentem elevas. The special glory of St. Thomas, his most salient virtue, is the profound love which he shows for the sacred tradition of the Church. He appears almost to be one with it, and has therefore become its most authoritative interpreter. It would indeed not be easy to find in the annals of Christianity a more inspired mind, and one that reflects better the perfections of the angelic spirits than that of Aquinas, who, building upon the foundations laid by the ancient fathers of the Church, gave with marvelous accuracy a definite form to our knowledge of God. Today, Blessed Ildefonso is just hitting one after another out of the park, so I think I'll just stick with him. He has a wonderful comment at the end of his commentary on today's Mass for the Tuesday after the second Sunday in Lent. There is a morbid tendency in persons disposed to melancholy, and but little filled with the love of God, to approach Jesus with fear and trembling, as though in the presence of an inexorable and pitiless judge. 
His heart, on the contrary, contains such a wealth of compassion for our miseries that no one will ever be able to exhaust it. For the more wretched we are rendered by sin, the more is he drawn to pity us. St. Paul says that the pontiff of our faith is not of such a nature as not to be able to feel compassion for us, and is therefore in this far removed from the Pharisees in the gospel, who laid insupportable and fantastic burdens on the people, which instead of assisting them to advance, crushed them in the way. Experience shows that the most faulty and imperfect souls are always those who expect the most of others, whilst those who are truly full of the love of God are ever-loving and compassionate toward their neighbor. Mm-hmm.